0: We've got over commitments we've done, we, we've got all these things. We also are consumed with technology. And so we are just like overstimulated and this is just sort of on the surface why we fail. We often use that phrase, I just don't have time. I can't possibly add one more thing, right? So that's, that's it. And me time is always last on the agenda, whether you're a mother runner out there or you're just a single person, it doesn't matter. Me time is always last.
1: If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Before we get into this episode, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to make sure you're maximizing your nutrition to become a healthy runner, you'll want to check out Heal from The Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about HEAL and how it can help you with your injuries and overall recovery. Or you can check out the research yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Self-care tips to be the best version of yourself as a runner so you can take charge of your life is what we're going to help you with today. Do you always put everyone else first? yes, mother runners, I am talking to you. I know who you are. I see you. Um, Are you always worried about taking care of the kids, your parents, the dogs, your spouse, and you never take time for yourself? I definitely just put the dog before the spouse, didn't I? Um, Are you constantly feeling run down, burned out, and even worse, struggling to get out of the injury cycle? Or if you're like me, Do you know you need better self-care in order to be the best version of yourself, not only for your running, but for your life? Then this is the training for you. Welcome to episode 140 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Today, I have the perfect person to help you with your self-care routine. Amy Mongeda is a self-care Um, and career coach specializing in burnout prevention, healthy habits, and mindset. She is also the founder of Victory Co., a custom jewelry company for runners. Amy is also the host of the self-care podcast called Life on My Terms, which I have absolutely loved uh, listening to during my runs. And Amy is also an avid runner, endurance athlete, and she is on her quest for the title of the six-star finisher, Hopefully, fingers crossed, right, coming up in uh, 2023 um, in Tokyo for the Tokyo Marathon. And for Amy, running has been a huge component of her own self-care, helping to combat stress, clear her head, and provide her the level of resiliency necessary to combat some of the stressors we take on in our daily lives. So I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for accepting my invite.
0: Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here.
1: All right, guys. So in this episode, Amy is going to share 10 specific actionable strategies to begin a self-care practice so we can be the best versions of ourselves. Um, Learning how to eat right, reduce stress, exercise regularly, and take time out when you need it are touchstones of self-care and can help you stay healthy, happy, and resilient. And you know, we are all about all of that here at Healthy Runner. Um, so following today, you're going to have these specific actionable strategies um, in your toolbox to begin a self-care practice. Amy, on the show, um, you've listened to some episodes before, so you know where we start with a little dynamic warm-up, just like we would before our runs. So if you can tell the listeners um, where you call home and a little bit more backstory of how you've gotten to this point in your running journey and your career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I call what I call home is Indian Shores, Florida. I am currently in Chicago. So that is why you have the cool backdrop here. Um, as far as my um, little journey to running, I was a short distance runner most of my middle school, high school career. Um, But I never dreamed of going any farther than the 400. So um, in 2016, I was kind of um, overcoming a divorce. And so I thought, you know what, let me go out and just start running. Um, That soon went into uh, training for my first marathon, which was in 2017. And from there, it's just sort of been a quest to be on my personal best. Um, But running has always been that therapy for me, a moment of, you know, spirituality, getting out there and just um, lacing up the shoes. And I will say that along the way, um, while I have, you know, obsessed over times and I've obsessed over the um, getting every workout done exactly how I wanted in paces, um, I have had some health milestones that have allowed me to realize that running truly is about being able to lace up versus I have to run. So it's been really something that I've had. Um, I've, I've overcome a lot with it. And it's it's sort of been my, um, my little buddy uh, system of getting myself out the door, staying healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually.
1: I love that. And I actually um, heard that on your latest podcast episode on your show, uh, talking about that you don't have to run, right? That you choose to run. And I thought that was just a great uh, way to rephrase it. And even as parents, right? When we kind of say that to our kids, um, I, I thought that was a very valuable way. And I never really thought about, you know, that uh, terminology um, before. So your first marathon was actually in 2016. Uh, Is that correct?
0: 2017, it was actually January, 2017. I started training in 2016 and uh, it was actually the Walt Disney World marathon where i figured well this will be exciting to go to my first marathon running through disney
1: (laughs) yeah no absolutely we did my wife did her first half marathon uh in disney right before the pandemic happened back in uh 2020 january of 2020 and that was my first uh run disney experience which was definitely an experience and It is uh, funny how our marathon journey started the same year. So that's when I ran my first and only marathon was 2017 and I'm currently training for my second. So eight weeks out, um, from Hartford. So you've done a lot more marathons in that time period than I have for sure. Um, how many marathons in total have you done besides the majors?
0: We're approaching I think I'm just approaching 10. Um, I've been very focused on the majors. And so um, that six has been sort of my very concrete goal. But I did weave in a few more, um, just to help you know, trying to get Boston qualifying times and things like that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Nice. And where in Florida? um, Are you located like more northern Florida or central Florida, like around Disney area?
0: So I'm about an hour and a half um, from Disney. I'm on the West Coast there. So I'm in Tampa Bay, I would say, would be the best location. So very hot and humid and great time of year, I'll tell you, for running. I'm always like, oh, man, every joy you can pull from the sport you're doing right now in Florida because you're like, it is so hot out there.
1: I could imagine like we were just in, uh, Turks and Caicos, uh, a little over a week ago and it was like 75 degree dew point every single day, wow. every run. And I was like, wow, this is probably what it feels like to like live in Florida <laughs> in the summertime. <laughs> and, and my wife loves Disney and like, you know, we go down all the time and, uh, you know, she's like, you know, whether or not we relocate to Florida or part, part of the year become like snowbirds, yeah. um, here in Connecticut. But I'm like, I don't know, man, that, that running is going to be a tough thing. <laughs> you got to get out early.
0: Last, last year when the, um, the world majors had their interesting little back-to-back situation happening. Yes. And I was having to do Berlin. Um, I had Berlin, London, and Boston three weeks apart. And while I would never advocate for anybody to do that, you know, my entries are my entries. And so it was, you know, kind of got to go. But I remember training in the thick of like August and September, just thinking to myself, I am never training again in Florida at this time of year for a marathon. Wow. So you did
1: complete all three of them?
0: Wow. I did. Boston was a... real close to, I was worried the whole time. Like, am I going to end up in the med tent? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Right. Wow. Yeah. I had a client do Berlin and London and I thought that was a little extreme, but I couldn't imagine the three. Oh my goodness. Wow. Holy cow. So yeah, this uh, (laughs) feeds into probably uh today's topic a little bit because i would imagine you required some significant self-care uh during that time period uh for sure but is the marathon distance your favorite distance uh to race
0: no actually my favorite distance to race is the 10 mile okay it's hard to find 10 miles you know i love 10 miles
1: agree agree Yes. yes i know it's like hard to find them but those are a great distance i'm like i wish they made more of them
0: I know you get to like dump off the half marathon trail of tears, you know, that three yes, last yes. miles 10 just feels right.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, excellent. Um, so kind of getting in today's topic, and this is something I've shared on the podcast before and my listeners know that this is something that I've been working on personally is trying to fill a little bit more of my self-care bucket. And just to give uh, you some perspective, I came from, like, I mentioned the marathon in 2017. Prior to that, I did uh, six years of PhD work um, Mm -hmm. and getting like four hours sleep, you know, juggling two jobs, essentially um, teaching clinic job. And it was just like total burnout scenario. Right. Like, and then I graduated with PhD and then I was like, well, I completed that challenge. Why don't I try to run my first marathon when yeah. <laughs> I did that? And, but it, I always looked at it in the lens of, Hey, I'm not getting four hours of sleep every night anymore. And like constantly slamming energy drinks all day. So this is better. And then I soon realized like, no, like you were so far out on the extreme, like you're not even close to having really good uh, self-care. And, you know, we're coming up on five years of the business on our five-year anniversary, actually, in a couple of weeks, actually, it might even be the week that this airs uh, on the podcast. Um, it's going to be our five-year, thank you, uh, anniversary. And as a business owner and you know juggling all that i'm juggling and you know growing our team yeah. and things i really know that i need to double down on self-care for not only you know to prevent burnout and totally you know ruining my like you know amazing relationships I have with my family, friends, things like that, but also for my physical running health and running performance, right? So I I have a feeling there's going to be many of our listeners who are probably struggling in this area. Like I will admit I am struggling and have been trying to work on. So I'm really excited um, for you to kind of share some of these tips, but before you share this, you know, why do you feel like it is so hard to get in self-care and like we fail at, um, self-care maybe, you know, anyone I'm sure that can extrapolate to, but maybe even us as runners as well.
0: Yes. This is my favorite question. And hopefully today, if I can just change the, the way we think is, is really my goal today. So on the surface, we fail at self-care because we are in, like you mentioned, the monotony of a busy, stressful life, stressful jobs. Um, we've got over commitments we've done. We, we've got all these things. We also are consumed with technology. And so we are just like overstimulated. And this is just sort of on the surface why we fail. We often use that phrase, I just don't have time. I can't possibly add one more thing. Right. So that's, that's it. And me time is always last on the agenda, whether you're a mother runner out there or you're just a single person, it doesn't matter. Me time is always last. And I think the other part is, is that society does seem to have a stigma around self-care as it being guilty. You feel guilty for taking it, but not only that, um, that, it is oftentimes related to like fluffy things like uh, taking a bubble bath or going shopping. And so that's sort of like how we think of it sometimes. we We're like, this is selfish. I can't do this because it's selfish, right? I have to put my kids first. So I'm gonna burn the midnight oil, drain my battery because it's selfish to do something for me. But the truth of the matter is, is that self-care is truly a mindset shift. We have to think about it as um, putting yourself first and thinking of yourself as a like filled cup of water. Like if you are not full, you cannot pour into others. And so if we are a mother runner, we can never be our best self and pour into our children or anything if we haven't filled our cup up. And the thing about it is, is yes, we are in the thick of a society right now where burnout is coming at every angle. It's coming from career. It's coming from life. And it is actually coming from running too. And I'll talk about that a little bit. You know, we get in this mindset of like, okay, we're training for a race. We need to check the boxes. We can't miss a workout. We've got to hit paces. You're starting to like have this check. I think of the, the one side of our lives as a giant to-do list. We are just checking boxes off all the time. But if we lay down in our bed and we put our head on the pillow, can you really think to yourself like, what did I do today that was like, made me feel good? What did I do today that filled my cup up, recharged my battery? Oftentimes we can't list those things. So The mindset shift is understanding that we have to put ourselves first, even if we're a mother, we have to be fully charged to be able to be there for everybody else. And um, the game becomes, how do we stay charged? It's not the same for everyone, but self-care is so important. So I like to to strip those stigmas away. Self-care is not selfish. Self care is not fluffy things. Self care is really important, and it's all about becoming one percent better every single day. So, like, how can I just get one percent closer? I will say, lastly, the reason why we fail sometimes is that, and I think this is something with runners too. Um, I actually coach a lot more runners. Um, for their mindsets in self-care routines than I actually do writing their plans, which is an interesting thing. But one thing I always think about is, you know, how can we just go into this slowly? I feel like runners, we have to dive in head first and we have to mark down 19 things we're going to do this week. How about we just find one thing? And we slowly incorporate it into a habit and then we layer in another. So, that 1% better is a super important thing when we're thinking of self care routines.
1: Wow. There was so much, so much there uh, to unpack. Um, the first thing that I really took from what you said is that it's not being selfish, right? And I think that is so many of us feel that guilt, right? Like we feel wow. that underlying guilt of, well, no, I can't do this because I could be doing this for someone else and helping someone else. And I have, and it, like you said, <laughs> the mindset, cause I definitely struggle with that myself, right? The mindset of like, it's not selfish and no matter, you know, which tip it's going to be that you're going to share. If, um, like literally the other day, cause I just mentioned, we came back from vacation and it's been, you know, a constant, you know, trying to catch up on all the messages and emails and all of that and clients. And, and I literally, you know, it was pretty much like a 10 hour work day and I got on my recliner. That's kind of like my self-care corner of the room that I never go on, got on my recliner, elevated my feet, put my little toe splays in to stretch my little intrinsic muscles of in my feet. And I'm like, ah, okay. And now I'm going to like relax. And then it was like, you know, my wife like walks in and, and, and like, I felt guilty. I was like, oh, she just thinks I'm like lazy, like (laughs) kicking my feet up here. You know what I mean? But I, I think it is, um, that stigma of like, whatever your self-care is that we have to work on not feeling that guilt and that we're being selfish. Um, because like you said, it, if we're, we're going to show up for others and we're going to do the other things that we want to do, um, we do need that self-care. And I think the technology point was a huge one uh, that you mentioned. And, you know, I found that with myself as well. Um, and you have to put some limits, right? And, and yeah. how much you can respond to people and um, there has to be those limits because it's just like a constant barrage for your brain. And if it's never shutting off, then how are we supposed to function at our optimal abilities, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's crazy. And then
1: and then the running thing too is yeah like you said is and and we usually i would say the majority of runners i find to be type a individuals and yeah. we're high achievers and we like right like accomplishing things we like getting medals right we like you know yeah. getting that race we like times and we like accomplishing things and the more things we accomplish We think we're doing ourselves uh, a little bit better. But in the end, if we keep that going, and I think here might be even a good point because we didn't mention this in your intro, um, you know, you didn't start out in this space, right? Like, how did you start your career? And, you know, what happened with that? Do you mind just sharing that? I think that would be important for folks.
0: Yeah, I am. I started off as a teacher. So I was a fourth grade teacher for Um, a couple of years, I didn't make it long in that career for this reason, I I was subsidizing my income as a marketer. So um, I, you know, my salary for teachers in Florida was very low, and I had to work a second job to sort of provide for my family. So back then I was super busy working two jobs, um, but I ended up moving into the marketing path. Um, and because of that, I, I spent the last 12 years in a, as a marketing leader, a marketing consultant, and I suffered the worst burnout myself that I ever thought I would ever be capable of. You know, here's me, like this marketer, I'm taking on all these clients, juggling all these things I'm doing the races and providing for my family and burnout hit me just sort of like out of nowhere, um, my health. Deteriorated um, from my mental health to my physical health. Um, self care routines were out the door. I was lucky if I was foam rolling or doing anything for recovery from my runs. Um, and I had to take a major step and do some self reflection to say, hey, what do, how do I get out of this? And the truth of the matter is, is I am an educator at heart. I love to teach and train. So I made my way into coaching because of that. I figured it was the best way for me to marry up you know, all that time in marketing, as well as the love for helping others. So I did go through a bunch of training. Um, I spend part of my time as a career coach working with leaders. And then I also spend the other part of my time um, helping people shift their mindsets as a life coach, specializing in self-care and burnout. Um, And I have a lot of athletes that I work with. Um, Gosh, from a, you know, a a mother runner that's just training for her first marathon, you know, to some athletes that are more on the professional side, Um, because mindset is something that we all deal with and self-care is part of that mindset. And what I realized in my training and this whole career path is that self-care truly is the pillar that if we're doing it often, we are so much more protected from burnout from some of these critical issues, these health issues, mental health issues, because we've taken time for ourselves and our battery is charged. And so I, I really like to focus on self-care because if we can just get in the routine of doing some of these staples, we might not experience some of these other things that folks are literally dropping like flies now. I can't tell you how many people are in burnout workshops. And not right. this really sad?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it does seem like it's the pandemic of burn, burned out um, and people leaving yeah. jobs. Right. Um, and that's something that I recognized, I would say, fortunately, a little earlier in my entrepreneurial journey is that I saw other entrepreneurs that were getting burnt out. Right. And, you know, sacrificing family and things like that. And I'm all about injury prevention. So I was all about preventing, um, you know, burnout. And yeah, that's why I've really started to, you know, make it a goal and, you know, to get that self-care. So I think that's a that provides a nice backdrop into, you know, why you do what you do and, you know, your story, I think others can probably relate to. And, um, you know, what are some of these strategies that have been helpful for, you know, that you've given your clients that you work with and things that you've implemented personally? Um, I think you've kind of broken these down into like 10, right? Like buckets or 10 options that we have as runners um, that can help us in our self-care routine?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll start off with, um, this is always the most important, whether I'm talking with runners or not, it's sleep. Um, So obviously sleep can have huge effects on both how we feel emotionally and physically. We all know that when we've had a bad night of sleep, getting up for a long run seems impossible. And it's, it's not, you know, we don't feel ourselves sleep is so important. And um, not only that, but we have to think beyond like, Hey, you need to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Sure. I think that's great. Seven, eight, nine hours of sleep is great, but there's so much more to sleep. So the first thing I would say is um, having folks look at their, their nighttime routine. Um, this is like the process we go through and the routine we build to lead up to our nights, our good night's sleep. So for me, it's um, every night at 810. I, I don't care. I mean, obviously, we're going to have those nights where we're out with friends, but every night at 810, I start my process. So I go upstairs, I, um, I journal for a bit. Um, Because journaling for me is a way for me to get the de-stressors out of my head, brain dump, anything that might have me laying awake at night with thinking about things. And I always recommend folks either journal or they have a a little notepad by their bed that they can just mark those things down. Because again, these are those little things that are part of our everyday life that we don't think about how they affect our sleep. So brain dumping is my first part. Um, I then use typically will use a natural sleep supplement. I, I use one called rest from thrive and it's one that just helps me kind of turn my brain off. It's all natural, it's got nothing, you know, no, mel- not even melatonin in it, but it's just something that I found really helps me. Um, especially on those nights where the, the day has been hectic. Um, Then I will, um, you know, my head's down on the pillow by eight, 8.30 8.30 um, and I'm reading my Kindle, I usually will turn the lights down because that helps my brain re- you know know that it's time for, for rest. And then one thing that I've added in is a sleep mask because we don't realize just how much some of the light coming into our room at night and in the morning can disrupt our circadian rhythms. And um, so that nighttime routine, whatever that looks like for you is so important. And then if we l- marry that up to our, our room, the, where we sleep. Sometimes we've got laptop computers next to our bed. We've got our phone. Um, so eliminating all of that is really important. Um, I always really like to challenge my clients to take like a month to make their room for sleep. So how can we make our room just for sleep? So we don't have our phone, and if we do have our phone, it's off, it's like the apps are down or whatnot. Our computers are nowhere near. We maybe have our book, our Kindle, our sleep mask, our little notepad, our journal, but it allows the body to know that it is time for rest. That is what we do in this room, right? This is sleeping time. And this type, type of thing um, helps with our REM and our deep sleep, which as runners, we have got to have to recover. Um, so that that's sort of how I like to think about sleep. And if you can take any of those little nuggets, like if you can establish a sleep time routine that's consistent, and you can also think about going to sleep and waking at the same time, that sort of thing is going to help tremendously, able for you to be physically and emotionally well that first yeah,
1: pick I, I think yeah there's so much there right and and this has been you know an area like i mentioned where you know i was definitely uh very deficient in sleep and been you know slowly improving and i like also what you said earlier about that with these self-care tips that we don't need to be perfect and that no. yeah i know your motto of like one percent better And it makes me actually feel a lot better because I feel like I'm failing most of the time, you know? But if I, like, for instance, come back from vacation, right? Like catching up, it's my, you know, bedtime routine is I will meditate for seven minutes. That's about all I can do right now. Hopefully that can increase, (laughs) but to kind of shut my brain off from work. And then it's do some reading. And this week the reading was literally like, 10 minutes, but at least I did it right. And like, I'm putting myself in the routine that you're talking about of now my body's knowing, Hey, now we're going to relax bedtime. Like the phone is off. Like I'm not responding to any messages whatsoever. And um, so I do feel like I'm failing most of the time, but I, I, I still in the back of my head, I'm saying, Hey, at least you did it. Right. And that's what we need to do to create like habits and be consistent. And um, but the sleep mask is a is a good one. I think I definitely might try that. Uh, My daughter actually uses one, Um, but I think that that's a nice little tip there. And and do you get a lot of clients with because I know like we use our alarms on our phones. Like, do you recommend people go back to like old school, like alarm clocks and like put the phone like in a different room? Because I hear some people do that.
0: Yeah, I do. Um, What I usually tell my clients, because I, here's the thing, we just talked about 1% better. I don't believe that people can be away from their phones right now. And I don't like to be that person that's like, I want you to put your phone into another room. It's how how can we adapt with the phone next to our bed? One of the things that I recommend is that um, we turn the apps off at a certain time every night. So there's programming on your phone where you can say from eight you know, the sleep from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. These apps are off. So there's no reason for me to pick my phone up. And so I can have it by my bed and I can Mm -hmm. use my alarm still. So I'm more of that person that's like, listen, we don't want to fail at this. So let's try to adapt. So yeah, no, I I haven't had anybody go back to an original alarm phone. It's just how can we adapt how we are?
1: Right. No, it makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, So really, you know, dedicating time to not only the hours of sleep, but just getting in that nighttime routine, right? And just kind of allowing that brain dump and allowing the brain to shut off. So our sleep can be more restful and we can get that REM sleep that we need, the deep sleep, so we can recover from all the strength training we're doing, all the running that we're doing. Okay.
0: Not only that, but the fight or flight constant responses we're having happen during the day from stress. We have to give our body a chance to settle. I mean, we're not like our ancestors back in the day who had that response only if they were out looking for food and a bear was there, you know, like, but we're constantly fighting like bears. Yes, (laughs) that's
1: so true. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) All right. So what is the, um, what's the next tip that you have?
0: So definitely gonna be nutrition. And this is one where I think about what and how we eat. So um, I'm not going, I'm definitely really opposed to the whole diet culture. And I know runners tend to sometimes move in the path of like, I need to be on this eating plan because so-and-so does it and they're super fast and whatnot, but I don't believe any of that. So with my clients, we focus more on gut health. One thing to remember as a runner is our sport causes inflammation naturally right? Like we are a little bit more inflamed because of the work that we're doing all the miles out there. So when we think of that and we combine it with the potential inflammation that's coming from the stress going on day to day, and then if we think about what we might be eating that's causing a diff, a, diff, um, a, a bunch of inflammation, we are a petri dish for perfect inflammation. Like all the time runners are. And so I always like to think about what we eat in the sense of, are we eating enough anti-inflammatory foods? Are we, um, you know, looking at sort of um, eating, you know, enough oils, enough nuts, like um, not as much processed food. Are we cooking more at home? Are we preparing our food? Is it, are we focusing on the things that we know are going to fuel a healthy inside? And the insight is how do we continue to reduce the inflammation so it's maybe stepping away from you know not eating as much red meat because we know that that does and in- cause a lot of inflammation that's not saying never eat red meat it's saying just let's maybe do it once a week, and definitely not before a long run. Um, And thinking about reducing, you know, certain types of nightshade vegetables that tend to be higher in inflammation, processed foods, you know, lots of um, sugar, cane sugar and processed sugar. Um, Can we replace that with maple syrup or honey? So it's just thinking a little bit differently about the way that we eat. Um, I'm definitely a person that believes that we are unique and that is the best thing about us. That also means that what I eat and what you eat are very different. What makes me really like, I can't just be like, I'm going to go have a bowl of spaghetti because every other runner has a bowl of spaghetti before my long run. That might not be the best thing for me. So what I always say in self-care is think, be more aware of what you are eating and how does it feel? What is the energy you get from these foods? For instance, I cannot have chicken ever. Chicken is a terrible food for me to eat. I learned that, but yeah, I cannot (laughs) eat it so how many diets out there that are like you should have chicken seven times a week? Right, like, right. You know, I should not have chicken. So I, I really encourage people to look at what they're eating, um, think, go a little bit deeper. Like, how does this make me feel? Try some new things before your long run. If you know that you know you're feeling a little bit lethargic, you know, try look up some anti-inflammatory foods. And I can actually give you a list to link up to the show notes if you want that okay. I clients, just go through this list. And if you can even be like, you know, 65% anti-inflammatory, that is a win. Um, And these are all great foods. So that, and then how we eat, we often are running around like crazy, trying to stuff food in at every given moment, but that's also a fight or flight response. You do not want to be eating and trying to digest food when your body is in a fight or flight stress response. And so if we can just sit and eat slower and calm our nervous system, we are going to digest foods and actually get the nutrients we need to help us on our run and feel satisfied when we're eating. So those are the two things I always recommend for self-care around nutrition, especially for runners.
1: I feel like you had a hidden camera on me yesterday, uh, as always, (laughs) scarfing down some quick lunch and on the run, in the car, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think we do that way too often. Um, (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. Nutrition. That was, that was very uh, valuable. And yeah, if you can, uh, you know, send that anti-inflammatory food list over, that'd be awesome. Um, And I'll definitely link that.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I'll go through a couple others. So movement outside of running. um, I think when I first trained for my first marathon, I ran and did nothing else. And after the marathon, I was like, why aren't my legs very sore? Everything else was sore. My neck, my arms, my shoulders. I realized that I had to be moving outside of running. So I think of like, how can you, um, if you have time for strength training, great yoga, but at minimum, how can you just move? Can you go for a short walk with the dog? Can you get up out of your chair at your desk and take a a couple of laps? Can you do some stretching throughout the day? So I think we need to move outside of running. That's another really good tip for self-care. Like, can you plug in three extra little tiny five to 10 minute spurts of movement? Your strength training doesn't need to be an hour. Can you just do it for 15 minutes? Um, So can we do other things besides run? Because we do need to move our bodies in other ways. Are we, you know, we're prone to injury. So that's, that's another really easy one. Can we carve that out?
1: Absolutely. Um, Movement is medicine, as I say, and uh, strength training in order to run will keep us healthy uh, for the long run and provide that lifelong injury-free running uh, that we strive for. So love it.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, I would say the next one's super important. It's saying no to others and saying yes to yourself. I know everybody says I have FOMO, the fear of missing out, but I like to say JOMO, the joy of missing out. What can you say no to and free up for yourself each week? And so what I like to tell people to do is if you could audit your time for an entire week, and you could look at everything you spent your time on, what would you say were the things that are like, I've got to remove this immediately. You need to make that list and you need to wipe those things out. And if they're meetings at work that are not adding value, that is a moment where you advocate and go to your boss and say, you know what, can we do this another way? This is not adding value, but you really need to audit your time. This is a really simple thing to do. You can just um, look at a calendar or even just note down like how you've been spending your time, but you need to make sure you're saying no to others. So don't commit every time somebody says, do you want to go out to eat? Or you don't have to feel guilty to say no. I think runners were good because we always are like, no, 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 no. Before a long run, we usually will be like, I cannot, I have to go to sleep early. I cannot do that. I cannot drink. I cannot do all these things. We need to adopt that same mindset every other day of the week. How do we do it from saying no to a meeting to saying no to um, maybe a toxic person or, or something that's causing us stress? So saying no and yes to ourselves more often is another tip that I recommend everybody definitely does.
1: I love it, and I love the term Jomo—the joy of missing out. I'm going to start using that now, so I'm going to steal that from you. I'll give you a little street cred. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The joy of missing out is the new thing. Um, The next one I'll share is taking a self-care trip. So you just mentioned you went on a little vacation. Um, that was great with your whole family. It allowed you probably to be present away from all the things. So this is a great thing for everybody to do, but let's back it up. Not everybody might be able to go on vacation right now. So what if we even changed our running scenery? What if we just drive somewhere else to run for the day? That sort of um, change is oftentimes so great for our mental health and actually a commitment that we have done something for ourselves because we have thought, I'm going to go to this place. I actually got there and I enjoyed it. So if we think about a self-care trip, if you can take a vacation and you can schedule those out, that's great. Or if you even take a staycation and you promise yourself you're not going to do all the house chores, you just take care of yourself. But at very minimum, why don't you try to change up your running scenery every now and again? Get out somewhere else and be proud that you did it. You went out and you ran somewhere else. Because oftentimes, it's that period between getting out of bed and actually doing what we said we were going to do with self-care that never happens so it is a huge win when you actually get there
1: i like that that that's a nice creative way uh to take that self-care trip um even if you are not traveling i like it getting that different scenery love it
0: yes um number six would be reducing unnecessary decisions we are in a period of our lives right now where decision fatigue is a real thing. We are making decisions all day long. And if we're burnt out decision fatigue feels really hard. I'll never forget the time. My husband asked me, what do you want to eat? And it felt like the hardest thing to answer. Cause I was so mentally gone and drained. You're like, I just want to cry right now. Please don't ask me that question. You know, So I like to say what, unnecessary decisions can you reduce? Here's what I did recently. I was like, why am I overthinking what I am wearing working from home? I'm gonna go out and buy like interchangeable work uniforms. So I literally do not have to think I can pick up a shirt and pick up bottoms, know they match and be on my way. What are some things you can do? Can you start laying out your running clothes the night before? Can you start meal prepping a little bit more? These are all things that we think about and they can affect our sleep because we're constantly obsessing over all these things we need to get done the next day. So how can we eliminate these unnecessary decisions? And when I say unnecessary, they're silly things. We don't need to think about for 25 minutes what we're gonna wear for the day you know, let's just quickly grab a couple of things that we know look nice and and go. So, um, I always love to challenge my clients to think about list out five decisions you are making that take an amount of time that you could eliminate just by planning a little bit better. And that alone is an act of self-care because it frees up time to do other things that probably matter more.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I was actually just, um, Reading that last night. There's a great little book. It's a tiny book, actually, uh, called Bumpers um, that my business coach had recommended. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's great because it's very simplistic. Um, it's not super complicated. You don't need to like understand a, a complex system, um, but it talks about kind of making these bumpers um, so you stay out of the gutters, which are like the things that are basically draining you. And you know, it talks about uh, actually, um, you know, people like pay you for your time right so like why waste your brain space like making decisions that don't really matter right like you know what we're going to be wearing or what we're going to be eating and you know try to automate that process to where you get in the habit of like okay yes i got these outfits pick and go and i've definitely have done that now too is i used to like have the most complex you know system wardrobe and you know wanted it now it's like down to like five different things okay Boom, boom, boom. I set my outfits out like literally on a Sunday. I know what I'm wearing Monday through Friday. It's already set. Um, workout clothes, running clothes, and work clothes are like laid out. Yeah. So I don't need to make that decision. I just pick it's them up so and, and then I get ready.
0: <laughs> you know, it I love is it. so great. It's a simple thing, but gosh, people, I don't know, I always get people commenting like, this is life changing. You're like, I'm so happy I helped you. That one little thing. <laughs> <It's great. laughs>
1: We all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run-specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast. An often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury-free healthy runner is the nutritional component. For injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster, you must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair. And that is what the Amino Company's product Heal does better than any other product I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. HEAL is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. In fact, a recent clinical trial compared HEAL with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, And the response was that HEAL was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram basis. HEAL was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using HEAL. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendonitis, or even recovering from your daily training, if you are healthy, I highly recommend you give HEAL a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save 30% off by using the code HealthyRunner. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O.com slash healthy runner and use the code HealthyRunner at checkout to save thirty percent.
0: Um I would say another self-care tip for runners that's super important is the digital detox. And what I mean by that is, is, well, first off, we as runners are like connected to everything. We've got our watch. I'm wearing a whoop. Um, we're on Strava, Instagram, Facebook, we've got to keep everybody abreast of like everything we're doing. And not only that, but we find ourselves scrolling, we're comparing ourselves maybe to other runners. I mean, it can be it's a social media is great, right? Because it's allowed us to connect with so many more people. But it also can be very, very hard, especially if we're not in the right headspace. And if we're not in a good self care routine, and we don't have, um, you know, that those boundaries built up that we need for resiliency yet, um, it can be very hard because you're constantly comparing yourself to somebody else or you don't think you're doing enough. So a lot of shame can come from that. And as you know, and I know as a business owner, you kind of have to be on there a lot because you got to post content and be up to date with things. But I personally, in my 1% better view, I do two things and um, I think they're pretty simple. So the first one is I, I I lock the phone down at 8 PM. No more can't get on it. The apps are done. It's too annoying to have to continue to try to log in manually. So that's that. And then secondly, Saturday is the day after 9am that the phone goes away. I don't wear the phone. I don't wear the watch. There's no notifications coming through. Um, And so that is just my day. And so I think if we can even just dedicate a small amount of time per week to removing ourselves from that, it allows us to be more present and we actually have the headspace to be reflective like how did my long run go today how did i feel what athlete am i trying to be instead of saying wow i ran a 930 pace and this girl that's slower than me most times ran a 915 pace today it's more it puts us in our own driver seat of our car and we're able to be like hey let me think about what i today and be grateful for that. So I think digital detoxes are huge. And like I said, for runners, a thousand percent to unstrip from the gadgets.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. You know, I definitely have a, I've personally, I've never had a toxic relationship with social media, but like, for instance, like we would never be having this conversation if you know, you didn't reach out on Instagram. I sent you a DM and like, I liked your content that was there. And like, you know, so there are definitely benefits to connecting, right. And connecting with other runners all over the country and the world. And, um, but I do feel you're right. Um, some of us can fall in the trap of that whole comparison game and then it becomes more harmful than good. Um, and you see everyone else doing all these amazing things, right. And, who knows, maybe, you know, one of my big pet peeves is like everyone who gets like race happy and they're like running races, you know, every other week. And because oh, this yeah. person's running race, this person running, but it's like, and they're posting about it, but who knows behind the scenes, they might be like battling an injury. They're not talking about, they're feeling burnt out. They're not right. Like doing good self-care. The relationships yeah. are suffering because of that, right? Like there's so much that yeah. you don't see right in the, in the one post. And I think uh, you can make assumptions. And, and it's, it's challenging. And I think that's challenging um, for many people. So I could see that being very beneficial to number one, turn it off at a certain hour. And then to have that kind of like detox day, I've, I think um, not formally have done that, but I might start doing a a formal kind of detox day like you had mentioned. I think it naturally happens with just like, I got two busy girls and it's like, you know, we're out and about, we're at volleyball tournaments and we're traveling and this and that. So I'm not on the phone, but um, yeah, no, that's definitely a good, I like, I like the fact that you mentioned of being present and not only, you know, with the people that you are with, right. And not digitally, but then also allowing that time for reflection and how you really felt from your training and how did things go, you know, this week? And what do you, you know, what do you want to accomplish next week? And it it definitely allows that space that we need, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. All right, so a couple more. Um, Blocking out self-care time during the workday, I always say the magic 15. Can you block out 15 minutes that is non-negotiable on your work calendar? This is um, the chance for you to practice boundaries, saying no. If people decide to block over that time or schedule with you, this is something as humans, we have to try to do more of is say no. So I always say block 15 minutes a day, wherever it makes sense. For me, I work from home. So I like to take my 15 minutes and go throw myself into Shavasana or corpse pose on the floor and just lay down and meditate because that is what my stress responses need. I feel like is just to reset. So what can you do? Take the dog out, go for a lap around your building, go down, get a water, whatever it is. The 15 minutes is like a first step in sort of learning how to set boundaries. And it's super important. And that might move into 30 where you're actually taking a lunch break. I know a lot of my yes. clients don't even take lunch breaks. So oh, yeah, <laughs> is <this, yeah, step laughs> the right direction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Yes. I can see that being very, very helpful, yeah. but you're right. Yeah. You probably need to schedule it, like literally lock it in your calendar, can you, can you, make it automated. And it's going to repeat every day and yep. put a notification if you need it to pop up to be like, okay that it. it's non-negotiable i like what you said about non-negotiable and i yeah. think all too often we negotiate with ourselves and we say yeah that was a good idea when i when i said i would do it but i not going to follow through with it because i have exactly. these other 10 things on my to-do list
0: yeah yeah it's how we are okay so the last two um for runners i always say recovery times five what i mean is five days a week you're doing something actively and intentionally to recover foam rolling for five minutes, doing some stretches before bed, you're going to get your massage, you're going to the chiropractor, you're doing that, you're scheduling this out Sometimes we cannot leave it to, I'm going to go day by day and see if I have time for recover recovery. Part of self-care is that scheduling piece. How can we intentionally put this into our life? So can you find five times, and remember, this doesn't have to be an hour. This can be five minutes. Even like you said, meditation is a great form of recovery. It allows us that feeling of like to get out of our own minds for that period of time and reset so, what can you do for five minutes, five days a week to recover? That is key for runners. I always say recovery for people, but runners five times a week. You've got to figure it out, and you just got to put it in your life. And again, it's only five minutes. You can do it. And last, I would say journaling. And um, with my male clients, they always look at me like I'm crazy. Yes, you too. <laughs> you there too. Um, listen, journaling is one of the greatest. Things out there. Um, not only is it great to do it before bed where you can brain dump, but it's also a place you can express gratitude. And gratitude is one of those positive emotions that allows us to push that shame off to the side, whatever we feel, that inner critic in our head that's constantly telling us we're not doing enough, we're selfish, etc. Um, gratitude is a way for us to push all of that off to the side and be grateful for what we experience today. And for runners, I always like to think, okay, who are you now as an athlete and what are, who's the athlete you're trying to become? You can journal each day. Like what steps did you make to become that athlete? Um, self-reflection, whatever it is. So I always say journaling is so, so important. It's so great just to say what went well what didn't go well, and what are my plans for tomorrow. If you're going to journal three things, those are the three things to do. And then the self-reflection is super key because one of the things with um, self-care is that self-awareness that you can be aware when things start to go down the wrong path again. Like, oh, haven't done recovery. Got to pull myself back. So that's building resiliency. So even if you're a guy, you can journal and I recommend it.
1: I, I love that you made that point because I don't think I ever considered journaling because I I think growing up, it was like, you know, only girls had diaries, right? The diary. Yeah. And so I would have never even considered it until I've started hearing more people do it and talk about the benefits like you just did. And do you mind just repeating those three things um, at minimum that you like to kind of um, what went well?
0: What went well? what didn't go, like what, what didn't go well today? And then what do I have planned for tomorrow? So I always like to think about what am I going to do tomorrow? Like if if something didn't go well today, can I learn something from it and change the course for the next day?
1: Love it. All right. We're going to see if I could uh, break that, break that barrier and stigma (laughs) and get myself a journal.
0: (laughs) Get a journal, just get a notebook. You know, it's not as it's not as cathartic to type it out. It's much nicer to write write it yep.
1: out. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming down the final stretch here. There's yeah. the last question we ask all our guests. Um, if you could change one thing about the misconception of self care for runners, what would that be? Ah,
0: uh, yes. If you're listening right now, you might be saying, "I am doing self care by running. I'm doing something for myself." You are correct. Here's the caution. When we start to get into this racing mindset, running can easily become part of that hectic to-do list. Like I mentioned in the beginning, we are actually checking these off where we have that. I have to run today mentality. So what I really recommend to runners is you have to ensure that you have some time to still enjoy running, mentally enjoy it. So even in the thick of a race, when you're coming to the end, you're tired, maybe your body, you wake up, your body needs an unscheduled rest day. That's okay. Maybe you decide to go for a walk instead of the run. That's okay. And also sometimes it's nice just to go run for time and not run for miles. Put 40 minutes on the clock and just go running. Because you know what? We get out of that mindset of like, I've got to hit six miles on the dot. We just go out for 40 minutes, whatever that 40 minutes brings us. So it's it's allowing ourselves to be liberated and really use running for self-care. And by using running for self-care, we have to be aware what our body is calling for. And I would also say that we have to listen for when the body whispers. because the body whispers sometimes. It might be like, my ankle is starting to hurt, right? And I'm ignoring it. If we let our body scream, that is when we're in a place of injury or a mental breakdown, or we're completely burnt out. So use running for self care, but remember to listen to the body and do what you need to do and be okay with breaking your schedule every now and again and doing something different. It's okay, but running should bring you joy. It should not be an extra layer of stress.
1: Wow. I I just love everything that you said there. Um, And, Yeah, this was even honestly better than I even expected. Um, As far as all of the actionable strategies that you provided, um, guys, if you are listening to this and you're not resonating with some of this, I don't know, I feel like you're not living, right? Like, there's got to be something that you are like, that's definitely me. Because I know I was saying this like multiple times as Amy was talking. I'm like, that's me. Yep, done that. Did that. Okay. Oh, that's a good tip. Let me think about implementing that uh so let's see if i can actually because i've been taking some notes here like because i'm learning i'm a lifelong learner right so yeah. I, I told you like i'm doubling down on self-care here so guys amy shared 10 tips with us that we can get started on self-care and as she mentioned earlier we don't need to do all of them like tomorrow right like maybe pick one or two right start with a little and let's start to implement but the first one was the sleep And your nighttime routine, getting that brain dumping, making sure that you are, you know, winding down appropriately. We talked about journaling, reading, sleep mask, um, all nice little tips, getting the room ready for sleep um, to get that deep sleep. The second was nutrition and really, you know, what we're eating, how we're eating, trying to help reduce some of the inflammation from, I love that you brought that up because especially like you know, right now, myself going through marathon training for the first time in five years, like, I know there's a lot more inflammation from that, you know, spicy 16 mile run that I did the other day, than you know, I, when I'm, half marathon training, right. That I've been doing consistently for the last five years, like there's going to be more inflammation. So I love that you mentioned, you know, the foods that we're eating and, you know, trying to eliminate as much of the processed foods as well. And Dwayne, I feel like that was like personal attack on me. Dwayne eat slower. Cause I'm always the first one finishing our family. It's like, <laughs> I'm always done like watching everyone else still eat. Um, so eat slower. It's like a family, uh, Scotty thing in my uh, family, unfortunately. Um, third thing was movement outside of running. So obviously we're big at that, a healthy runner and getting our strength training in, getting, you know, yoga, flexibility, whatever other things besides running, right. And running, not be our only form of exercise. The fourth was, uh, saying no, uh, to others and yes to yourself, uh, the Jomo, right. And getting that joy of missing out and auditing your time. I love that. And just seeing like, You know where you are with your time and not feeling guilty to say no to others uh the fifth was take that self-care trip um even if it's not a vacation um you know being able to do a staycation or run in different um you know places different scenery where it's a treat for you Uh, the sixth was reducing unnecessary decisions so offloading some of the meal prep stuff we talked about, laying out the clues in advance and just not making all of these other decisions that we really don't need to do on a daily basis multiple times throughout the day. Uh, the whole digital detox, right, was the next one and social media and we talked about the comparison game and, you know, setting boundaries essentially uh, with that and trying to just, um, you know, limit uh the the negative the negative consequences um that we may be getting from it and then you know blocking out that 15 minutes of self-care um that's non-negotiable put it on your calendar um whatever you want to do whether it's meditate or you know whatever you're gonna do for self-care take your dog for a walk get outside right get away from the computer um ninth was the recovery times five I love that uh five days a week so you're scheduling five days a week Whatever it is for recovery, whether you're going to hop on your foam roller for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, you're going to go see your PT, your Cairo, your massage therapist. I uh, notice how I had to say the PT first, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the 10th thing was really uh, the journaling. And Dwayne, it is not a diary. That was a personal note to myself. So when I maybe listen to this, uh, when uh, I'm on a run, then I'm talking to myself, uh, and journaling and, you know, doing those three things like what went well, what didn't go well, and then what you're going to work on, uh, tomorrow. So that was extremely, extremely beneficial. I know I loved it. I'm sure there are going to be others who've loved it. Um, where can our healthy runner community connect with you, Amy?
0: Yeah. So if they want to connect with me um, on my coaching platform, it's at personalbestinc on Instagram. If they want to follow me on my running journey, it's at projectamy on Instagram. Um, Instagram's the best way to just be up to date with my content and connect with me via di- um, direct message. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions.
1: Perfect. I love it. And I love the content that you're putting out there. And then also um, if you guys are listening to this on the Health Runner podcast, you listen to podcasts, so go check out Amy's podcast, Life on My Terms. Um, I've been listening to it during my runs. I'm loving it, and um, yeah, Amy, this has been so beneficial. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge and your expertise um, in this area. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. And thank you listeners, whether or not you are listening on the podcast, watching the video version in our healthy runner, Facebook group, or the spark healthy runner, YouTube channel. Um, I appreciate you, um, make sure, make sure you go ahead and give Amy a follow on Instagram. I will drop all those links uh, within the show notes. And as always runners, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running until next time. Hey, healthy runners, have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability you get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis you get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis you get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online, personalized, structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners, and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before we would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training whether it is Getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, Leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, From our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the -the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.